On today's episode of the Horn Hour podcast, I have the privilege of interviewing two of the people who helped make Bryan Athletics a success with their leadership. Coach Mike Lee, the current athletic director, has more than 12 years at Bryant schools and 28 years in education. And our new athletic director and current assistant athletic director, Coach Kirk Bach, who has been at Bryant schools for over 15 years and a total of 33 years in education. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Coach Lee, go ahead and give us a 30 seconds glimpse of who you are. Well, uh, who I am is, first of all, I'll start with my family, my wife, Katrina. We've been married 31 years. I have what I call four children because both of my, <laughs> both of our children are married. So we have Evan and Sydney Lee and Jordan and Megan Wicks. Uh, so that, before I... Uh, describe or answer your question i'd have to start there uh beyond that who am i specifically uh is uh a competitor a someone that is all about high school athletics junior high athletics and public education that's that's pretty much sums me up oh that's pretty good coach buck what about a little synopsis about you well, I've been married for 33 years to Lil. Um, I have a son, Garrett, who coaches at Greenbrier, and he's married to Corbin, who teaches at PA. And I have a daughter, uh, Caroline, who's married to Derek May, and they live in Dallas um, with a granddaughter, Daisy, that just turned one this past weekend. Aww. That's my family history. Um, and that's pretty much who I am is a family man. Um, you know, I, I, I coach for a living, but that's not what I do. Right. You know, um, I try to separate that as much as I possibly can. Um, when I'm not um, on the field, I'm probably in the woods um, hunting or fishing. So I love it. I love it. Coach Lee, throughout your career, you've had a very successful one. Um, what are a couple of your favorite memories um, from being athletic director at Bryant for the past 12 years? Well, uh, one of my favorite memories is uh, when I was hired as athletic director. Uh, it was uh, a blessed day on that day. And uh, there are a lot of people that were responsible. One of them is the guy sitting beside me that, that helped me uh, land the position here in Bryant. And... I would say that's probably, you know, if you're asking me specifically and I'm being selfish, that's probably my greatest memory. Mm -hmm. uh, and beyond that, it, it's, there's so many of them. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to be specific, but just the interaction with the coaches uh, and the, and the other people, you know, admin, uh, you know, our, our people throughout town that support us, our volunteers, our gate workers, our concession workers, just just the people that you have, that I've been fortunate enough to work with. That that those those memories will last a lifetime. Coach Bach, you have been in the school district for a while as well, um, and you have just currently um, been announced as the new athletic director. Um, what is uh, what are the missions you want to tackle when you assume the role? 
Well, I think we just need to stay the course. Um, you know, I've had an opportunity to work for several athletic directors. It, it started when I was at Mountainburg with Chris Nolan, who did a tremendous job. And when I left Mountainburg and went to Van Buren, we had two, Floyd Cagle um, and Lonnie Myers. Um, and then I had the opportunity to work with Tommy Tice at Harrison, who is just a legend. Um, and then once I moved here, we had Tom Farmer, who did a tremendous job. And then Mike came on and just um, blew everything out of the water. You know, um, if we can stay the course, and he had a vision of making Bryant athletics, um, not one particular sports program, but all sports programs, to be the best in the state. And, um, and it, that's, I know that's his goal, and we're going to stay that course in, until we achieve that goal. That's awesome. Coach Lee and Coach Bach, both of y'all have mentored many, many students throughout the years. What is, and we'll start with you, Coach Lee, what is one thing you try to instill in those students and athletes that you have coached and taught? And it doesn't have to be here, it can be anywhere. What's one thing that you try to instill in them whenever you coach and teach them? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to say one thing. There are, there, are what, there are several things that I believe are core pillars, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, the first the first thing that comes to mind is be a good teammate and and uh i still adhere to that to this day myself as athletic director i wanted our people to feel like i was a good teammate my name was at the top of the page for 12 years but i didn't want people to think of that mm -hmm. i wanted them to think so man that guy's going to be there if i need him he's going to be there and so, and that's what both Kirk and I, you know, we worked together for many years. We, we really drilled that into the, the minds, the hearts, and the souls of the kids that we coached. Be a good teammate. And the other thing that I would say is just leave it all out on the field. Just leave it all. Every time you practice, every time you play, you know, when you, when you leave that day, you, you, you left it all out there. Mm -hmm. So I would say those two things are vital for successful athletes. And Coach Buck, what about you? I know you've taught for a while. You even had the privilege of teaching me in 2008 when you came here, and I was a freshman in high school. Um, what, what, and I know you still currently coach a little bit uh, with the football team, and you help out with baseball sometimes. Uh, what, what do you still teach these students and athletes that you want them to remember when they leave here? Well, you know, the level of success, and, and you measure success in different ways. Um, you know, sadly, in the coaching world, you measure success through wins and losses, and there's a in championships. And um, there's a lot of um, great coaches out there that may not be successful, you know. Um, one of the things we try to instill in the kids is it, let's don't measure success and wins and losses on a field, but in life. You know, you, you still have to be a good husband, a good father, and a good friend. And if you can say yes to those three things, you're going to have success. And that's one of the things that we we try to push towards our towards our kids. Also, to make them realize that athletics is here for a short period of time. And you're going to have to be a – um, an adult, you know, and you're going to be a, and what we always call them, a real person. You're going to be a real person a lot longer than you're going to be an athlete, you know. 
and you have to go into into society, and you're going to have to be able to function in society and help society grow. Um, and you know, for most of our kids, it it occurs right after high school, and then we have few that are fortunate enough to play four years of college um, athletics, and then their real the real world starts after that. Um, and then we have some like Evan that will play professional ball. And, you know, hopefully those guys will play 10 or 15 years. But still, that's going to get those guys to about 45, mm-hmm. you know. And then they have to be productive people in society after that. So we try to educate them on that. And um, where, you know, being a good teammate, what, what Mike's saying is – like right now, it's the guys that surround you in the program. Um, Mike's team is 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 our staff in the athletic department, and then the staffs and the players in the um, different um, programs that we have. You know, it's going to his team is going to change a little bit, and that's what we we talk to our kids about. Right now, your team is. Okay, you, the players that you guys are playing with right now. But once you graduate, you're going to get married and you're going to have kids. And now that's your team. And that becomes the very most important part of, of, of your outlook. And we just try to educate kids in that direction. And, and obviously Mike was educated that way mm-hmm. uh, because he will put his family first. And, and we've all we both been guilty of not doing that. You know, as we get a little older, we start to realize it, you know. Um, and that's what we try to help our kids realize at an early age. So what are um, some sports that Bryant does or does not offer that other school districts may or may not have in our classification? Well, in terms of our classification, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, uh, I know that there are several 7A schools, 7A, 6A, depending upon what season you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several schools that offer bowling, and we do not offer bowling. Uh, but largely, the the sports that we offer, and we we we, I feel like we have a opportunity for kids to get hooked up, which is the main things. Uh, kids in downtime do not gin hall. Mm-hmm. And so we offer a full uh, a full offering, if you will, for, for young people who want to be a part of athletics. Uh, and so uh, currently I'm very comfortable with our athletic offerings. Uh, and so – but I would say that bowling is something that other schools our size offer that we do not. Wow, I didn't even realize we had that bowling was even offered as a sport in other schools. That's pretty cool. Do do other schools? I know we have like an esports program here. Do other schools do that? Is that? Yes, yes. I think I think every seven A school does esports. Uh, does esports awesome. as well? Yes. Um, so, with that being said, we have a massive program here. How many coaches and students do we have? Kind of just roundabout ballpark. We have seventy plus coaches. Now that's excluding uh, registered volunteer coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you if you include those, then we probably have you know around between seventy five and eighty. Wow. Uh, student wise, I think we're teetering between student. I should say student athlete. 
currently, I think we teeter somewhere between 13, 1400, 7 through 12. Wow, that's pretty good. How many sports do we offer? I forgot to ask that earlier. Oh, I'd have to count them up in my head. Uh, okay, Kirk says 32. So That's I'm, a lot. So I'm going with that. I that's a have, lot of programs. to. Yeah, he must have brushed up on a study because he's too busy to know that offhand. Well, he may have just went through an interview process, too, so he may have that on the top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what are some of the biggest challenges of managing a program of this magnitude and this size? Well, I'll speak for me specifically. That I am a regimental type guy. I, I like to know what I'm going to be doing today mm-hmm. and the next day. I like to know what I'm going to be doing throughout this month and throughout a calendar year. And that is impossible. <laughs> Uh, when you are the athletic director of a department of the size that we have. And so the challenge is is to be able to adapt what you're comfortable, the protocol that you're comfortable with, because when when your day, his day, my day, is going to start around 5.30 a.m. with texts and emails and and it's going to go into 10, 11 o'clock that night. And it's, 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 it was difficult for me to understand that my plans that I feel like that I need to get done aren't necessarily what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And that was an adjustment for me, uh, I'll be honest with you. And I still struggle with it at times. And so it's it's really you're you're a slave to what's pressing. And and then when you get when you get some free time uh, dodging those potholes or whatever you you might call it, then you get back to what you feel like you need to be doing. But that was that was difficult for me. It, it took me a couple of years to to be able to accept that and adapt. Mm-hmm. Coach Lee, you, you moved, uh, I'm Coach Bach, you moved from being a teacher and a coach to an assistant AD and a coach. What were some of the things that you saw that were um, a challenge of managing a program this size? Because I know you kind of do the junior high side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's like Mike was saying, you know, we both have coaching backgrounds. So one of the things we've learned in our 30 plus years of coaching is you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because we're going to be uncomfortable, you know, uh, the majority of the week because of changes. Um, but that's, that's one of the things that we learned in our coaching profession, uh, monitor and adjust, um, making halftime adjustments, Mm -hmm. you know, um, where, we would only do that every Friday night as a football coach, but as an athletic director, you've got a halftime adjustment and you may make it three times in a day, you know, where something changes. Um, and that's, and it is a struggle at sometimes. Um, and you certainly have to have a very strong support staff, which what we do here, you know, from their administrators all the way down to our administrative assistant, uh, Deanne Shepard. And, and she takes a lot of that off of our plate. Um, 
but you know that's been the biggest challenge really is you know making adjustments you know certainly weekly but sometimes daily mm-hmm. you know we've had a lot of successes with student athletes from Bryan you know we have had um, Travis Woods we've had Lee Ledbetter mm-hmm. we've had Evan Lee of course um, when students want to play for college and we need college scouts to come see these students. What does that process look like? Does the responsibility fall on the athletic department or the coaches to get scouts here? Um, do, is it the student's responsibility to get in front of them? How does What does that process kind of look like? Well, um, the coaches don't get them here. The, the player does, mm-hmm. okay, if they can play. And that's one of the things that, that, um, that Mike and I both have bought in forever. If you can play, they're going to find you period um so what the what the athlete does um on the field or on the court is going to dictate who shows up Mm -hmm. um coaches facilitate that a lot you know and 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 i can't say what every coach in the district does at this time i can tell you when i was a head coach what i did Mm -hmm. i would project our kids out and then i would send it to every college in the area uh, now they have kids are paying for that stuff, recruiting services. Well, um, I tried to take the recruiting service out of it, and I tried to do it for free, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and I would just project our kids out, uh, let everyone know what I think, okay, where they could land, and then back it up with um, stats or, or video or something like that. Uh, football is a little bit easier because they have film on Friday night. Right. You know, um, and, you know, b- baseball and, you know, track, they got a daggum stopwatch, and it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but other sports like volleyball, um, baseball, they're going to have to see some video on the, on the kids, so you send it out, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then there's different spots in baseball pitcher. Uh, if – if you um, have the velocity, then they're going to take a look at it. You know, that's a that's a number you can send out. Um, so, anyhow, the the coaches themselves will facilitate that process for the players. That's that's very interesting. Um, how do your coaches kind of approach building a culture of teamwork and leadership among the athletes? How, well, uh, you know, different. Different coaches have different styles. Uh, you know, what I visit with our coaches on is be yourself. You know, there are a ton of models out there from the professional coaching ranks to the college coaching ranks and the high school coaching. I mean, you see, you see people doing different things and having different styles. Just my message to our people is be where your feet are. I know we have aspirations, we have goals, we 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 have certain place, certain um, uh, awards that we want to attain. But be be where your feet are and be yourself. And the coaches that we have on staff that do that, their culture's good because the kids. Uh, they recognize the consistency in the approach. They come to realize the demands from the coach 
that are going to be the demands every single day. And when you have those things uh, in place, your culture is going to be good. Now, they may not like it all the time. <laughs> and uh, parents of athletes may not like it all the time. However, if it's consistent and if the message stays the same, then things have a, have a way of working out. And, and those cultures uh, are, are strong. We build a lot of partnerships with businesses around the community um, and try to get supporters for Grand Athletics. What does that process kind of look like whenever you go out in the community and you're talking to all these businesses to help support Grand Athletics? Well, what it looks like is, is just like uh, anything else in life. It's about relationships. You know, the, the separator <clears throat> of athletic departments, of admin teams, of teachers, of, of, uh, of families, the separator is people and communication, consistent, and that evolves into uh, a relationship. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the people that we are aligned with, we being Bryant Athletics, here, here, first of all, here in Bryant, it's it's a little bit different. It's a, some would call it an anomaly mm -hmm. because structure-wise, each of our teams has an opportunity to have their own booster club. Okay, and right. my in my way of thinking, in the way that I've done it for twelve years, what I looked for was opportunity to build relationship with companies, industries that wanted to support annually. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about the Everett's of the world. We're talking about the big red people of the world. We're talking about Ortho Arkansas. And, and we're talking about Bryant Family Pharmacy. And, and there's a few more. Mm -hmm. Those people, because of the relationship that's been formed between myself and them, they're forged. And so they are, they are in, they're going to support and it's going to be an annual re-up. And, and that, that is the type of support that I have looked for and, and, and have forged a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And we're forever grateful for those partnerships that you have built among them because it also translates to other programs as yes. well. Um, Coach uh, Buck James, our head football coach, started the 212 movement in football. And can y'all tell us a little bit about the 212 movement and how it has spread from not only athletics, but it has also spread throughout other school programs now when he started it a few years back? Yeah. Once, um, once Coach James came in, um, you know, that's, that's one of his slogans, okay? But that's one that has caught on the most. And, um, you know, water boils at 212 degrees uh, and uh, and it'll make steam and the steam can can power a locomotive um and so we 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 try to get our kids to 212 is what we're is what we're always saying um if you're at 211 then you're just you're mediocre you're not there yet um you know and with the success that we've had in our football program uh the last seven years really um you know, it has caught on um, the robotics chanting 212. 
when we go out of town, uh, there's people where I can remember when we had the state basketball championship here, uh, there was teams from up north that had 212 on their bus. Uh, they're trying to kind of steal um, a little thunder right there. It didn't work out for them. But, um, um, you know, it's just – it's something that you can rally behind. And it's a, a, a you know a catchphrase just like a lot of people have. But it's one that's really caught on big. And, um, and people can identify us with that. Okay. Well, we're going to end this podcast with one more question, Coach Bach, and this is for you since you're you're coming into our new role, and we're sad to see Coach Lee go. Um, he's had many great years here, but we're also excited for Coach Bach to step up and take take on the new role. You've had 16 state championships over 33 years. How will you bring those coaching philosophies into your new role as athletic director? You know, we've we've had some success, and um, it's getting you know, not only kids to buy in, but the whole staff to buy in. And that's one of the things that um, um, that we're going to continue to try to do. And, you know, Mike has set such a great model for every, not just us to follow, everyone in the state to follow. Um, and again, I, and I think I said earlier, you know, to, to stay the course. Now, Mike tweaks things every year. So I'm sure as things come up, we'll have to tweak things. Um, and, you know, if, if it's not broke, we're not going to fix it. Mm -hmm. And what Mike has done here is certainly not broke, okay? So we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel, all right? And I think a lot of people have problems when they start doing that. They, they you know, now it's, it's my chance to, to make a mark on society, you know? So they change something that is, doesn't need to be changed. That's certainly not going to happen here, okay? Um, again, and I, I stated earlier that we, um, that I have worked for um, tremendous athletic directors, and um, but I've never worked for one better than Mike Lee, you know, and um, you know I don't want to see him leave mm -hmm. at all, and um, we'll just keep doing what he's what he's been doing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to meet with me today. Um, it was it was a great conversation. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for thanks for having us, man. Hello, job seekers. Looking to get more from your work? How about more flexibility, or free training, or simply the chance to make a big difference every day? Sound good? Kelly Education is hiring substitute teachers and paraprofessionals for Bryant Public Schools. Find out how to get started by calling 1-800-528-0049, option 2. That's 1-800-528-0049, option 2. Call today. Kelly is an equal opportunity employer. Next up on the Hornet Hour podcast, we highlight one of our library media specialists in the school district. April is School Library Month, and today I have the privilege of talking with Cass Seidenschner, the library media specialist at Hurricane Creek Elementary. Cass has been in public education for 13 years and has been with the Bryant School District for 11. Cass, we're so happy you take time out of your day to talk with us. Well, thanks for having me. So I'd like to start out with all my guests because not everyone knows who everyone is. Give me a 30-second elevator pitch about who Cass is. Oh my gosh. Okay. Cass Seidenschner, and you nailed it, by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm married to Carl, and we live in Little Rock, and we have a baby. His name is Tim. He's my favorite. Aww. That's what I do. I'm a new mama. Yay. 
Hey. And I'm big on family and friends and Razorbacks and obviously reading. My dad's real big on Razorbacks as well. It's kind of kind of fun. Can't help it. Can't help it. Right. Um, so you started out in the classroom, didn't you? I did. How long were you in the classroom? I taught fifth grade math and science for two years at a different district. And then I came to Collegeville and taught fifth grade for nine years. Wow. And now this is my fourth year. Fourth year. Wow. Library Media Center. Wow. What made you be, want to become a library media specialist? When I was in college, I was obviously there to become a teacher, but I worked at the public library in Garland County. Mm-hmm. And I was there and thinking, you know, that'd be really cool if I could combine teaching and being in the library. And my roommate at the time, uh, she was going to co- go to school to be a public librarian. And so I kind of just thought, that'd be neat to be a school librarian. And I found a program at Florida State and went with it. Nice. And, That's um, awesome. Dream job for sure. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, so what's the difference between being a librarian and a library media specialist? I love this question because it's a question I get a lot, especially from um, family members who think I just go to the library to say, shh. <laughs> That's not how it is. Um, so a librarian, the role has evolved into media specialist. Um, a librarian oversees the general running of the library, you know, managing the books, making sure everything's where it needs to be. But that's evolved into being an information specialist, an instructional consultant, you know, someone who helps classroom teachers with curriculum, and a teacher of information and tech skills. Um, Mrs. Ferguson always says that the library is the heartbeat of the school, yes. and it is. It's a busy hub. It's not a place where you can come and be quiet and keep to yourself. It's a place of information and sharing ideas and obviously reading. Yes. Uh, so I know. You still do come here to check out books. What are some of the most popular books that um, elementary kids like to check out these days? Our kids love the graphic novels. The graphic they novels. love graphic novels, and they are really big fans of the I Survived series, which is historical fiction. Oh, They will fight over some I Survived novels. Really? We have a, um, an, a segment on our Red, White, and Blue broadcast uh, that's called What You Reading Wednesday. And it's a reading rainbow style segment where kids can get on and talk about a book that they've recently read to recommend to others in the school. So I have to tell you that what you're reading Wednesday books, whatever has been talked about that week is always hot in the library and in high demand. Wow. Back in my day, it was like Berenstain Bears. That was, Oh, absolutely. We've talked about the Berenstain Bears. Was it? And Jody B. Jones, is that one of them as well? Jody B. Jones. Jody B. Jones. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, those were our books back in the day. And my favorite series is still like the Lemony Snicket series. Lemony Snicket. Yes. I had to order our Junie B. Jones books were so loved on I just Aww. ordered replacements um, with new covers and they're so fancy and fabulous so I'm excited <laughs> to get those on the shelves I love it <laughs> um, so as you mentioned it's not just about coming to the library and checking out books anymore can you elaborate on the different types of activities that you th- do throughout the day throughout the month throughout the year absolutely you know our kids are so um, technology has gotten to be such a big thing and obviously I want technology to be a part of my instruction but I also want it to be a time when they can come to the library and enjoy a story. Mm-hmm. You know, kick back, hear about the Berenstein Bears, or hear <laughs> about, a, you know, Eric Carle or classic authors that maybe they haven't been exposed to in class. The teachers are so busy with their curriculum, and so I want the library to be an opportunity for them to come and hear good stories and authors and fall in love with reading. But on top of that, um, I do like to incorporate technology. I'm really big on Flipgrid. Oh, yes. Google Classroom. I want my kids sharing ideas, communicating with not just the kids in their class, but students in other classes, two different grade levels. And um, we do stations that includes team building, art, STEM, music activities. 
So the library is a, like, like I said, it's the heartbeat. We have a little bit of everything in here. Mm-hmm. And some people may not know what Flipgrid is. Do you want to explain what that is a little bit? Yeah. So it, it's an app that you can get on and share videos. So I might post a topic like, um, tell about a time that someone showed you kindness. We did this during kindness week with Mr. Rogers. Oh yes. And, um, they could get on and share, uh, that, and then other students could watch that. And then Sometimes I'll pull Flipgrid videos to put on our broadcast to share with the whole school. Oh, very nice, very nice. So what does a typical day kind of look like for you as a a library media specialist? Well, the library is not a quiet place. Yes. Um, I've got teachers coming in. They're needing tech help. I teach K-5 classes all day. Um, In between classes and sometimes during classes, we have iPad emergencies, and that needs to be done immediately because that's part of our learning Um, I might be recording videos, getting ready for the next day's broadcast, taking pictures. I'm all over the building all the time, um, documenting learning and the great things going on here. Um, I meet with Mrs. Ferguson a lot. She's a great mentor. As a former library media specialist, I go to her with ideas that I've got. And then, Ms. Ferguson, I need help with an idea. That's awesome. I didn't realize she was a library media specialist in her past life. Oh, man. She was the best. Yes. She was the best. But on top of that, you know, you've got your your regular library duties like space, uh, keeping the space clean and shelving and, you know, just the general maintenance. Just the general maintenance mm-hmm. of a library. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned iPads because everyone in our school district has iPads now, K-12. And I think even pre-K has some down mm-hmm. there that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, so do y'all utilize eBooks any? Or if you're not, are y'all planning to? Or what's, what, what does that look like? Um, our students love Epic. They can get on and read eBooks on Epic. And we have, the librarian team and I have created reading rooms for mm-hmm. them to use. Uh, we have gone in and looked at CKLA units, and we've tr- we're trying to create reading rooms for each unit so that there's a supplement to their learning in the classroom. Um, so to answer your question, we at, here at Hurricane Creek, we do not have e-books per se, mm-hmm. but that's something that we're looking into since we've got the iPads now. Right. And are looking forward to just expanding the um, opportunities students have to read. Um, so what's your favorite thing you uh, love about working at Bryan in Hurricane Creek Elementary? This is going to sound so cliche, but it's the people. It's the people. It's the, uh, my colleagues and my students. I've worked at both Collegeville and Hurricane and, you know, you, you come to work every day and you put your heart out there and those people have become my people. And I wouldn't get up and come to work every day if it weren't for my colleagues and admin and our, and our students. So yeah cliche but it's the people but I agree because uh, our team makes up what opportunities we give for these children yes. and we're we, for, we are really here for the kids we're here for the kids and, and if we don't have good teams to help those kids then we're not doing our job right right um so you've been a library media specialist for four years is that right mm-hmm. that's correct so what advice would you give to someone who's wanting to come up this career path and become one Start today. Start today. <laughs> no, it's the best job. If you love literacy and technology, start finding ways to do that in the classroom. Find ways to integrate that, that technology into your regular classroom instruction and uh, get in the library. It, it's the best place to be. I, it's my dream job. I'm never leaving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Cass, that's all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for taking time on your busy schedule to do this. Thank you so much for having me.